Hey, Sandy. Hey, Nora. What's up? Oh, you know, I have um, I have about like a finger of wine, I think is what the official term is. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I think I have about a finger. <laughs> nice. So whatever whatever we talk about tonight can't be serious. Is that is that possible? Not possible, Nora. Sorry to disappoint. Too many serious things happening in the province in which I reside. Oh, oh. So I mean, like, maybe we could just do a Quebec episode where I can be like, okay, so all of our liquor stores are on strike. The premier is like not actually doing a whole lot of things. The whole religious symbol thing has been pushed off till next next year. Till next never, because we're gonna win. Yeah. that's right that is what's up so but we can do some we can do some happy things like I guess I mean it's not it's not just all happening in Quebec even though we can all be jealous of you like there's some some other happy things happening like postal workers are fighting for their rights yep having to strike and doing some really great actions and rolling strikes across the country uh support cup w and then um the fight for 15 uh, fight back is it's happening you know like people are organizing and that's it's good that's something that should be totally I think that that's something that people should be proud of and should support and so I'm happy about those things I mean that's like not not serious but it's really great <laughs> I'm happy about uh what I saw from Ryerson it looks like did it did is the student press correct in saying that Ryerson has uh refused this uh, academic uh, free speech policy that the government's trying to force on them. Oh, my God. Yes. Go Ryerson. And this was led by the Black Liberation Collective and Indigenous Students Rising. Go figure. Black and Indigenous students leading a fight back on Ryerson's campus to on um, the Ford government's decree uh, to limit free speech on on campus they're calling it the gag order policy i love it yeah um the gag order policy from from the premier's office that's telling institutions what type of speech and how students can respond to speech and or not respond to speech it's really ridiculous and we had previously on this podcast uh criticized the like lack of fight back and these students, you know, they, they took over a board of governors meeting. They um, did a lot of organizing on the ground about it. And they actually stopped that policy from being approved at Ryerson. And I, you know, I'm looking around to the other institutions like, come on, y'all. Come on. It's your turn. Who's next? Well, Western made their decision. I mean, but were we ever relying on Western to be the vanguard? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but it, it's uh, it's pretty embarrassing because, you know, Western thinks it's a serious university and this is a pretty amateur decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just wanted to, to mention with uh, with the Ryerson uh, campaign, it seems like all it took, like there was obviously a lot of organizing and this kind of thing. But a lot of times people ask me, what exactly does that look like? What exactly do you mean? And it, it seems like they organized specifically to shut down the meeting of the Senate that was being consi- that was considering the policy. And, That's exactly right. And that was enough that it was like, OK, we're shutting down the meeting. And they said, OK, we're going to discuss this at the next meeting. But the timelines are such that it makes it difficult. It demonstrates that there is opposition to it, that the opposition is organized. I suspect that 
that part of the success is that there are also professors who are willing to say, wait a minute, the students are right. And they're giving me the confidence that I need, even though that's ridiculous because the professor should be giving students the confidence that they need to do these things. Mm-hmm. 100%. And it just pushed it off enough uh, to, to be able to kill it. So like major kudos to, to the students organizing there on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now they, they are expecting that there will be, I think, something to come back you know, like there, there will be some sort of response because the government has said that, you know, if the institution does not implement this gag order policy, that there will be consequences in terms of funding. So we'll keep uh, watching that to see what happens. But the, the best thing to do to support these students would be to organize on a campus that you're potentially at or close to or know people on. The more campuses that have this type of result, the harder it is for the government to implement it. That's just the way these things go. So if you listen to us and you're on a campus or near a campus or know people on a campus, help them organize against this stuff. It is possible to win. Totally. Totally. So that's probably enough happiness. eh? Let's get into the let's get into the mud. That is enough happiness. Now, let's go to the worst place <laughs> which is getting worse too ever right now which is getting worse which is wherever Doug Ford has power <laughs> yeah <laughs> wherever the progressive conservatives of Ontario have power Pro- progressive conservatives the progressive the conservative Ontario party the Ontario Progressive Conservatives? I don't know. <laughs> um, I don't know what the official thing is. P- the PCPO. Yes. Uh, have been moving a lot in the last, what, week and a half? It feels like it should have been like a month that all of these things have happened, but I think it's been literally a week and a half. Yeah, they are shock and awing. Yeah, there's a lot that's been happening. Oh, gosh, should we take people through this? So uh, if you haven't been paying attention... Maybe even if you have, you may have missed some of this. Uh, the conservative has, the conservative government has announced a, a number of things, and on top of that, they had their convention on the very weekend that we're recording this, and more things came out of that. So, mm-hmm. so things they have eliminated the environmental watchdog body. They have extended LCBO hours. They have eliminated the child and youth advocate. Uh, they've eliminated the French like secretariat. So yeah. for the secretariat for, for Franco Ontarians and also the French university, which had been in the plans, which was kind of a sweet kind of project that uh, I've been personally pretty critical of uh, as well. Um, but the it, it, there's just kind of like attack after attack on the Franco Ontarian community uh, in general from this government, too. Mm-hmm. They canceled the moving of the law school or the expansion of the law school at the University of Windsor, in addition to the other cancellations that have happened uh, for universities in, I can't remember if we've spoken about this on this podcast before, but in Brampton uh, and in Markham. Yeah. And then the most, I, like, I don't even know if we can rank these things, but this weekend... <laughs> Tanya Granick fucking Allen, which is like, why, why does she still have a political career right now? Like what's going on? She should be in a cave somewhere hiding, Yeah, but she serves a motion 
uh, to the conservative to the conservative convention that would make it conservative the, the progressive conservative party of ontario's policy to no longer recognize gender identity theory because it's some left-wing ideology blah 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 and that passes and so while there's no government policy on that yet we it is not a stretch to imagine that coming out of this weekend there will be some sort of movement on this new policy from the progressive conservative party i mean they've already moved in this direction already with what they've done with sexual education um but now they're taking this you know we will not recognize gender identity to be party policy which probably means they're going to do something that's going to affect so many people in this province to support that position of their party. There is a lot that's been happening. Yeah, and so let's uh let's talk first about this issue because I think it's um it's the most important well the eliminating the child advocate I think is is also as important in it but important in a different yeah. way. Absolutely. But I have the policy resolution in front of me and I want to read it because it is so loaded and so fucked up that it's like, are these people like, what happened to them to make them so angry and so fucked? So here's the motion. It says, be it resolved that an Ontario PC party recognizes, quote, gender identity theory, quote, what it is, namely, a highly controversial, unscientific, quote, liberal ideology, quote, semicolon, and as such, that an Ontario PC government will remove the teaching and promotion of, quote, gender identity theory, unquote, from Ontario schools in its curriculum. And so, I, I mean... <sighs> I feel like this might as well just say like cultural Marxism or any of these other like buzzwords of the far right that are meant to just marshal like the fucking worst hateful people to support them. (laughs) Exactly. The purpose for this is obviously so that they can put they can get support from, you know, organized hate around the province, uh, shepherding that support to the progressive conservative party, but also so that they can make it more acceptable uh, to openly hate certain groups of people. And I think, you know, it's like the government has started by attacking particular groups, you know, like they made these changes to um, the, you know, the new changes to the justice system that would eliminated most of the policy gains that were won through black struggle in the last little bit. They went after the child and youth advocate, which I think can be understood as a direct attack against indigenous and black groups in this province. They're going after trans folks. They're going after queer folks through the sexual education curriculum. Like I, I, I think it's very clear that this government has an interest in making it culturally more acceptable to be openly hateful towards particular groups. And this is a fucking, not surprising, but stunning attack against trans people, against genderqueer folks in our community. It's not policy yet. And so that gives us an opportunity to to mobilize on something. But in some ways, it kind of is policy because they've they've already started mobilizing or they've already started uh, putting in place policy around sexual education. 
but I just I imagine that Tanya Granick Allen, you know, puts this forward because she wants more to be done. And so I want to know what the outcome of that is going to look like. It's pretty fucked up. That's a good question, because it's like how much theory is actually really taught in Ontario curricula like <laughs> gender identity theory it sounds to me like something that is pretty located in the halls of the academy and it is mm-hmm. uh, it is a uh, highly debated and studied and forms the basis of full programs of study it's as if you're saying like the unscientific liberal ideology of sociology or something like this right like it's yeah gender identity theory is simply a lens through which we can understand certain aspects of society and you can, mm-hmm. there's are, there's however many lenses that you want to use to try and understand society and those lenses range from the all, the entirety of the of the of the political spectrum and so like the first of all saying that this is unscientific is is a, a signal to people that have no fucking clue about whether or not this is scientific or not uh, to go ah oh, this is this is non-scientific bullshit which is bullshit because actually in biology, of course, there is actually also gender spectra. Number two, there's grammatical errors with this motion. So like fuck <laughs> Tanya Granich Allen for her fucking illiteracy. But uh, mm. they, like very important message. <laughs> at, you know, they, they, they say that they're that they are recognizing gender identity theory as highly controversial, which it fucking isn't unscientific which is like fucking has nothing to do with whether with like the reality of it because it's it's a social theory it's not science it's like uh uh-huh correct and then this quote liberal ideology unquote stuff which is actually not even true it doesn't really come out of liberalism (laughs) yeah like so not liberalism guys like get it together (laughs) uh and then and then but the most important that in Ontario not that they care no not that they care that's the issue no but and then and then Ontario PC government will remove the teaching and promotion of it from Ontario schools and its curriculum so what they mean is of course is Ontario schools and their curricula uh, I suspect mm-hmm. what they really mean also is not Ontario schools, but like elementary and secondary public institutions, because good fucking mm-hmm. luck shutting down these departments and universities. Although that might be an interesting way for people to consider like what the, the fight back might look like, because, of course, gender identity theory is is going to be found, as I said, far more prevalent within the university and the college system. Yeah, but I actually think that that might be because I've been trying to rack my brain around how what are they going to do further to elementary and secondary schools? And then I thought, well, unless they're interpreting like education and Ontario schools to include college and university, which is going to be really yeah. fucking interesting if, you know, maybe step one was this gag order policy on campuses and step two is actually trying to get rid of certain fields of study. Right. At institutions, which is which is really yeah. fucking terrifying. If that's the direction that the progressive conservatives are moving in, it's to attack academic freedom on campuses as some sort of proxy war for you know, this populist fight against fucking liberalism slash white supremacist and fascist fight against all that is good. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, that's that's a that's a interesting, but not not that strange way to start because the university campus is often 
the place that conservatives and the far right will invoke as the place that's you know pr- promoting cultural marxism and and this like yeah. liberalism and blah 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 right like so i don't know it's not unfathomable that that is where they would move well it actually it's it's far from non-fathomable because if you think about what you what like what is it that we want we progressive people want students or children to know about it's not gender identity theory like you don't teach kids feminist fucking theory in grade three <laughs> you know you probably show pictures of like dad's cooking right like <laughs> dinosaurs but you talk about in elementary school and even in secondary school gender expression right that gender expression is mm-hmm. socially constructed and this is it means this and this and this and this for different kinds of people and some people find themselves on this part of the spectrum and some people find themselves on that part of the spectrum and sometimes people's gender expression clashes with their biological like biological sex and so it's like none of that's necessarily captured by talking about gender identity theory which is what they keep saying in this motion and so you know it might be splicing words to to, to some extent but I actually think that it, it, it gives progressives a lot more latitude to be able to fight this because it's like that means you fight it in the classroom by saying fuck this we're gonna talk about gender expression because guess fucking what every single person including you Tanya Greenwich mm-hmm, Allen mm-hmm. has gender expression <laughs> I know Right. You fucking look like a classic woman. Guess what the fuck that is? You are engaging in that. It's a gender identity. (laughs) It's like her gender identity is being a twat, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's but, you know, like I think I think what we have identified here is a potential location for where this gets fought on the policy level. And if you in probably not that long from now, let's be real, these guys are moving hella fast is, um, you know, important to take stock of and to think about if you're listening to this podcast, like clearly there is some work to be done by folks to mobilize against this. And I think that the campus institutions, educational institutions, which is where they have named they where they want this fight to be, well, perhaps that's the place to start. Yeah. And if you're not on campus, it's like send a message to your member of provincial parliament, explain some of this stuff to them, make them look like a, or feel like maybe they actually don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And that maybe they shouldn't listen to a raving evangelical fucking shithead on issues of what is science and what isn't science. Right. Like, you know, conservatives do respond to this stuff. So if you're in a part Mm -hmm. of the province where you are very afraid of this, you have no connection to a campus get fuck get a meeting with your member of provincial parliament like these people should be getting it in the ear all the time and and sometimes you know sometimes it's really daunting and sometimes Mm -hmm. figuring out exactly how to do direct action or other mobilizations that might be a little bit more spicy like sometimes it can be difficult so like at least start there be in touch with your local representative even if your local representative isn't a conservative like call the guy the next county over or something and talk about the tim hortons and his riding that you go to or something i don't know and then start thinking about those those actions that are that are more radical and you know on twitter i i suggested that like we should be finding out where where granite allen lives and her house should be surrounded by a, a like a dildo vigil 
A what? Vigil? What did you just say? <laughs> a vigil of people brandishing dildos at her window all the time. You really want a dildo action so bad. I mean, it just You've seems really about obvious. dildo action so much <laughs> this podcast so far. Somebody organize a dildo action so that Nora will be pleased. Nora, why don't you just organize a dildo action? I just don't know where to get that many dildos. I have some ideas. Oh, okay. So there's that. There's that. Or, you know, you could like, I don't know, like throw dictionaries at her front door and be like, learn what words fucking mean. (laughs) Dictionary action or dildo action. Maybe a dictionary dildo action. One of these two things. One of these three things. Let's make it happen. But also like, this is folks. Let's take some initiative on this one. It is highly risky to be a trans or a non-cis organizer generally because of the way that the far right focuses on folks who are trans or genderqueer. So let's take some initiative in the mobilizing here um, and and make sure that we're doing what needs to be done and checking in on our non-cis family, making sure that folks are okay, that we're taking initiative or taking direction from trans groups. Uh, but like this is, you know, they're they are attacking different groups. They're not going to stop attacking different groups. They're not going to stop with this group. We need to be there for one another and recognize where the risk is highest and try to make sure that those of us who are taking the risk aren't who are doing the actions aren't necessarily just the people with the most risk. Like, let's not sit around and wait. Let's do things. Totally. Let's totally. move. Totally. Uh, this this whole affair has reminded me a lot of um, the federal conservative party when they had their motion passed on birthright citizenship and how that was like quite a test balloon where the conservatives were considering, you know, whether or not they wanted to remove birthright citizenship. And of course now this is something that's coming up in the United States or it was before the, before the mid midterms. But um, what makes this of course more frightening is the, the government is the part is the party. And this motion mm-hmm. makes it very clear that they want swift action And, um, and it's, and it's one of these issues that I think that if you don't have any experience with it, it can be hard. It can feel like it's difficult to plug into it because you don't, maybe you don't get it. Maybe you don't know the right terms. Maybe you're not comfortable. It's like now is time for your crash course. And so, um, there are resources online. There are really great activists who are talking about this. And so, you know, if you're on social media, make sure you're following them, make sure you're retweeting them. Uh, and a lot of folks, um, like I saw Lyra Evans, who's a trans one of the uh, probably the first openly trans uh, school board representative out in the mm-hmm, Ottawa in area. Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lyra was talking about like just four pretty simple things that you can do to get involved. And of course, one was getting in touch with your local representatives. So uh, mm-hmm. look look for those messengers, uh, look for those ideas, and and don't sit on your hands. Do really do whatever you can to the extent that you're able. And I've seen a bunch of teachers also posting and talking about how they don't care. They're going to do the the type of teaching that they want to do in their classrooms. And those types of things should be supported also. If you know about curricula that would be helpful or syllabi that would be helpful, resources that teachers can use who want to teach this sort of stuff, like let's get organized and share that around and make sure people have access to that. And if there's alternative schools or alternative like public education or popular education stuff that people are doing, like we can we can organize um, those resources for ourselves in this province, because just because the state says we don't want to teach this stuff doesn't mean that we have to stop teaching it in any way, shape or form. And that's more and more what I think our fight back is going to have to look like. 
Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, I think that the unions by and large are taking note of this. And so I'm really hoping for excellent, important action from, from the labor movement really on this issue. What about the child advocate? How, uh, you know, you mentioned that this, this pretty specifically targets indigenous and black children. Um, how is this attack going to play itself out? So, I mean, the Ontario Child and Youth Advocate, you know, is um, an advocacy body that is meant to take a look at when children are being mistreated while in care. Not necessarily just while in care, but often while in care. And we know that disproportionately black and indigenous children are taken away from their families to be in the system as children who are crown wards or children in care and those children can go through a lot of really terrible experiences uh, while they are you know being taken away from their families it's a it's a really it can be a really traumatic experience and we need uh, a body like the child and youth advocate the Ontario advocate uh, for children and youth uh, to make sure that uh, children have some place to be their advocate when they are experiencing difficult situations while in care or not in care. Uh, and this is not to say in any way, shape or form that that, um, that body is perfect, um, not at all. But it is. it was the only real place where people could appeal to uh, when they were experiencing traumatic experiences uh, in in the system. And so for that to be eliminated, what is the government saying when they're eliminating that? Like that these children don't matter? Quite clearly, I think that's what they're saying. That it's not important enough to make sure that these children are all right. Um, I think it's been pretty clear that Ford's, you know, hilariously termed people's government has been so much a government for people who are wealthy and a government for businesses. And this very strange uh, attack on fucking the most vulnerable children in our society just seems like it's so clear that they don't give a shit about anyone who's not wealthy in this province. Like if there was anything that was more... I don't know if there's any action that it's it, that that's more clear than eliminating the child and youth advocate um, to to make that clear. Like it's just so ugh, I don't know. It's such a it's such an attack on people who you know are just going through the worst experiences and and most need an advocate. God. Yeah. Yeah. So the system is full of problems, as many people know, right? Child services, uh, you can get caught up accidentally. You can get caught up politically. You could get caught up because of your social status. You can get caught up because of your race or your or your status, uh, your indigeneity. And so undoing the systemic forces within child services is really difficult, right? Like these are systems that are layered and complex. And so the child advocate was one external way that you could kind of cut through some of these issues. And so it like it is it is that person that you can appeal to to say, look, my kids were taken away from me unfairly. Can you can you intervene in this case? Can you look at this case? And a lot of Canadian law works like that. Right. Like a lot of Canadian law requires that someone, a lawyer or in this case, like someone's only job is to advocate on behalf of children 
in some cases on their on behalf of their families to try and address some of the the gaps that that exist within the system. And so you're 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 one hundred percent correct. And this is also very concerning because it's a check on power. It, it gives like people who have very little power in horrible situations and circumstances a little bit of power to be able to challenge what is what is really a faceless system that just kind of steamrollers over a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so if you consider that and you consider they're taking away the um, additional uh, workplace health and safety legislation that that the that the liberals brought in. You consider that they're also taking away this environmental watchdog. The extra supports for people who are brutalized by police. The basic income pilot project, like all of this stuff, is to put the boots to the necks of the people who are most in need in the province. Mm-hmm. It's cruel. It's horrible. These people are fucking terrible. And it shows you, it really does show you the banality of evil. Yeah. Right? Like uh, that, that, you know, Christine Elliott, who is the fucking shot, like advocate for pe- for for what was it, hospitals or, or, or for people like dealing within the hospital system. Like that was literally the job she left to now be the minister of health. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they obviously at some level, a lot of these folks apparently believe that you need to have these checks and balances on power. And then the second they get into power, it's like this massive shift to, to take, to dismantle everything that might challenge their power. And they're what, 120 days into office and nothing's going to stop them. Like they're in a majority government. There's, there's no government forces that's going to stop them. No. These bodies are just, they're just, they're just advocates. It's like the Franco-Ontarian community. It's like how many? 600,000 people in the province. Mm-hmm. Most of them are are clustered in, in certain city centers like Ottawa and in Toronto and in Sudbury and in Timmins and in Hearst, some in Windsor. And it's like you're you're going to what? Save not very much money to just be like, like, fuck you guys. Like, good luck. Get your services. Like, why? What is the purpose besides just being dicks? And then but also let's think about, you know, what we're talking about at the top of the program Uh, when it comes to the child and youth advocate being canceled, like who are people, what, which children get kicked out of their homes who who are most vulnerable to being kicked out of their homes and needing a body like this to protect them? Like, is there anything more, is there any more clear evidence that this government hates queer and trans people? Like just, you know, so often the children you know, the risk of becoming homeless as a child is higher for people who are queer and trans. And um, those children may end up wards of the state, may end up in care and need advocacy. You are more at risk for needing that type of advocacy if you are a child who's queer or trans or genderqueer. It's just not, you know, like this this government does not give a shit about those of us who experience the most risk in the way that the society is currently set up. And in fact, is, I don't know what, proud of that risk that we experience from just living our lives and wants to ensure um, that we continue to exist in a state of, uh, of fear of not necessarily being able to live a full life with dignity. And that's uh, absolutely abhorrent. Like that is what yeah. their track record speaks to. That's what yeah. they want. And so we, 
need to we need to do something about that. I mean, we've got a federal election coming up and that, you know, elections are always an opportunity to get issues talked about in a big way in in a society. Um, there's there's lots of debate around like the the usefulness of elections and blah 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 and we can have that debate maybe one time on this podcast I don't know I know we both fall on the same side of that debate because we've had that debate before <laughs> um, but you know like r- regardless of what you think about in an actual election or voting the 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 process of an election talking about issues um, like the the opportunity to elevate issues. I don't think that there's much debate about the fact that that's a possibility. And so I think that yeah. we're going to, you know, the, the, the conservative convention that happened this weekend, we're going to see some of that stuff come forward uh, federally um, as we ramp up towards the federal election that's happening in the fall of next year, which I'm already exhausted mm-hmm. just thinking about. But we're going to see some more of this stuff. And so I think there's going to be massive opportunity for us to mobilize um, on these things uh, more effectively than if there wasn't an election. And so I think for those of us who are organizers and thinking about what we're going to be doing um, wherever we are, uh, I think it's it's time for us to really start thinking about these things. And also like explain what is going on to people around you in your life that just don't necessarily understand it, who hear the three words gender identity ideology and then they tune out the, uh, the word ideology because they don't really understand what it means mm-hmm. like these there are global forces that are trying to to wage a war on ensuring that there is man and there is woman and there is nothing else despite the fact that biologically that's not true despite the fact that there's tons of people who can like literally go hey look at me i fucking exist and disprove that not being true. And I, we've said this before on this show. It's like the, it is not a coincidence that the that the carry the canary in the coal mine of who is 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 under attack by this government, by the Ford government are trans people. And it's because the Ford government, like they're all tied directly and indirectly to these far right forces that are global that want to make sure that gender is the thing that never falls to the left or falls to uh, a world where like there's no man and there's no woman and it's like it's so it's so it makes me so pissed because it's like at the at the most basic level who the fuck cares how you express yourself right like what business is it of mine that you express yourself in the way that you choose to express yourself what the fuck business is it of mine how you were born or what you were like as a fucking five-year-old or what you were like as a 12-year-old and then what you were like as a 22-year-old. Like life is a fucking journey and we all have our own journeys. And the idea that this is the location where the far right, the Ford government included, wants to have this fight, it's not a coincidence. It's because they absolutely are, are, are clutching to the vestiges of an old order that is fucking, thank God, dying. Mm-hmm. That that a lot, that the majority of people actually do understand that it's cool. Like, it's it's up to you, man. Like, do what you want. That's, that's not really, it's fine. But it's the state, and in this case, the state and the power of, of, the, of, the, of the conservative party, that is like, 
no, we have to fucking, like, it, nothing can change from 1956. <laughs> <laughs> it also just reveals just how uh, dishonest conservatives are. Like, they say, um, especially on the far right, that they're all they're about are, you know, is freedom and removing controls and whatever. But if you look right down to what their social and economic policies are, they are actually about the most control over our bodies, over yeah. what we wear, over what women are allowed to do, what men are allowed to do. There are, you know, nobody else exists over, um, you know, who deserves having some sorts of rights and liberties and who doesn't all the way straight down to who is allowed to have money and make money and who is not allowed to have money and not make money. Like all of these things are about control <laughs> and the far right conservatives, they actually are the ones who want the most control over us each as individuals. And it's just so interesting how often a conservative uh, rhetoric gets spun around to be exactly the opposite of what it is <laughs> that they that they say yeah. they want. They say that they want freedom, but at the very base of it, they want to be able to control where uh, poor people go, how they're able to move, um, whether or not we're able to enjoy certain parts of the land that exists on this earth, <laughs> whether or not we're able to enjoy fucking water in some of our communities. Um, whether or not we're able to exist as who we are. <laughs> like it's, they want to control yeah. every single piece of who we are. Um, and I don't know, it's just really weird uh, that their rhetoric gets spun <laughs> around to be the exact opposite, where they're like, we're about freedom, freedom to stop being exactly who you are. Like, fuck you. <laughs> what? Yeah, I it, the, the the whole liberty and the whole freedom thing it's uh, it's funny a little bit to me. Uh, the the contradictions unfortunately have created the perfect path for Maxime Bernier to try and get some legitimacy because he's uh, pointing out a lot of these inconsistencies and a lot of the fact that like <gasps> you know, a lot of like all of their their rhetoric around freedom is 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 like it takes a fucking 10-year-old to go wait a minute, that doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> that doesn't feel free. No, exa yeah, exactly. The problem is, is that it, it then gets even more grotesque because what, what emerges is a far right that actually is like, you're right. We don't want freedom for everybody. We want freedom for white men and their women. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, oh, shit. OK. <laughs> wow. Did you guys work that out in a boardroom? And like 75 percent freedom for their women. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ, like. We are all under attack and we're all under attack in different ways and we're, and not all of us are equally under attack, but we are all fucking under attack. If you're listening to this podcast, you are under a fucking attack. <laughs> and, mm, and so like in the last couple of weeks, I've had a lot of folks message me actually and say that they listen to the program and that they're interested in getting involved in something and they're just looking for more stuff to read or, or ideas for getting involved. So if you are one of those people, feel free to message me on Twitter. My DMs are open. We can have a conversation if you're confused about anything. But the most important thing to do right now is literally the the mainstream fightbacks, like the petitions or the meetings or the or the letters, and also civil disobedience and organizing within people in your community that can see that Rob Ford has no fucking clothes on. The emperor is naked and. Uh, yeah, because he's also dead. <laughs> you said Rob, 
I think you meant Doug. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to. <laughs> what would be what the the gross part about that is that he probably actually still has clothes on. Probably does. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, let's move on from this. <laughs> Doug, Doug, Doug Ford. Fuck you, Doug Ford. Fuck you, Christine Elliott. Fuck you, Caroline Mulrooney. Fuck you, Tanya Allegranich. I all of you motherfuckers are, are shame. <laughs> That's all like shame. Yeah, shame. Fuck you. Okay, so something kind of expir- inspiring oh, that God. I wanted to... Well, I don't know if inspiring is the word. <laughs> but I just, you know, when there was a, ugh, a mass shooting in California and some doctors started tweeting about how they wanted gun control and the NRA responded by saying, you know, stay in your lane. And then these doctors started sharing all of the, these stories about what it was like to treat people over and over and over again who had been harmed by gun violence. And it just goes to show, you know, there's this idea that only certain people can be political and other people, and you know, politics is, is for certain types of people and everybody else should be elsewhere. But, you know, doctors should have been super vocal on this from the beginning, in fact, because it so affects them. And I think that there's like a resistance in our society sometime to showing how particular types of uh, policy affects us because, oh, maybe that's not right for us. But if, if you're listening to this and thinking like, oh, yeah, obviously people need to fight this, but not me because it doesn't affect me. All of the things that we mentioned today affect everyone either directly or indirectly. And there is a way for you to plug in and a way for you to discuss these things. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you can you can Google the discussions that the doctors were having about uh, gun control. Um, I think it's useful for fo- folks to take a to take a look at that and just see how, you know, even if you're not like a quote unquote typical political actor, how you can plug into anything, any sort of discussion if it um, interacts with you either directly or indirectly. And so kudos to those doctors. And I hope that we can sort of, uh, replicate that in our own lives. And I also just wanted to say a big thank you and shout out to everyone who came to our live show. Thank you so much for, for listening to the podcast and for supporting us live. And we have, as a result of your donations on that night and also following that, we have surpassed bro level on the podcast, which means soon you'll start to see some translation of the the French trans or sorry the French trans. You're gonna see French translations of the English transcripts that have been going up on our sites slowly as we get through all of the recordings. Um, and so thank you for that. We're about. $15 away from Geber Selassie level, which would, which is going to be us recording a clean version of this podcast. But are we still going to do that? We're not sure. We're not sure. We haven't had, no one's really been like, hey, I really want this. But the thing about the Geber Selassie level is that the idea was that Sarone Geber Selassie wanted to make sure that there was something that her parents could listen to, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate because my parents also listen to the podcast and uh, and actually so does my grandmother. And so they totally don't like my swearing. Um, <laughs> but if we get to the Geber Selassie level, I would be happy to make clean episode 
files of this podcast for teachers to use in their classrooms. Oh, great. Okay. So you know what? We're about 10 to $15 away from that. So if you're into it, uh, let us know. And also we know, we know we're so far behind on responding to people who have sent us messages through our form (laughs) on our website. Part of the reason (laughs) is because our email kind of puts them all together as though they're one email. So it doesn't look like multiple emails are coming in. It's really weird. But anyway, we've both just discovered that there are (laughs) dozens of messages. Thank you all for contacting us. There's dozens of messages on there. We're going to try to get through them. I'm going to make it a priority this week. Um, And so thank you for all of your thoughts and keep sending them because we are now checking them on a regular, a more regular (laughs) basis. And thank you for supporting the podcast. Um, Things are really tough this week. The news that's come out has been really tough this week. And I just want to say to all of my trans, queer, genderqueer fam who are listening, I love y'all. We are going to do everything that we can on our end. And we're really putting it out there uh, to everybody who's listening. You know, let's get let's get this together. We got to fucking mobilize on this shit. It's not policy yet, but it will be. Um, And it, you know, it is in some way. So let's get let's get moving on it. (laughs) 